Great to be in the house of the Lord today. How many of you believe this morning what we just sung? Number one, there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Number two, amen. If you, how many of you believe the devil's on the rampage? How many of you believe that he's trying to position himself in high places? But do you believe that God just sitting on the sideline with his arm? Or do you believe he's trying to raise up a mighty army? Have we got any volunteers in the house this morning? Hallelujah. they ever wait aside and confess, amen, over every sin and make yourself a volunteer? Amen. If you volunteer for this God, you got, amen, you cannot be entangled with the affairs of this world. Woo! I'm not about to get entangled in the affairs of this world. If I'm going to get taken up, God, you let me get taken up in my father's business. God, I want to become a mature saint of God. I want to become a mature pastor. I want to become a pure vessel of the Holy Ghost. I want to be the soldier in the hour that I'm living in. I didn't walk in this house to be depressed. I didn't walk in this house with a countenance on my face or in my heart or in my spirit. They were a defeated foe. Church has never been the majority. Not upon this earth. The followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. Watch this. How many swords did Israel have as they waited on this side of the Red Sea? What kind of army did they have? What type of military did they have? All he had was the meekest man on the face of the earth called Moses that heard the voice of God. And this man was able to hear the voice of God that did not lead Israel the easy way around. And the way that flesh would have chose. The way that the government of the world would have chosen. Because there was land around the Red Sea. There was a route around the Red Sea. But that wasn't God's heartbeat. That wasn't the place that God, amen, could perform the miraculous. That wasn't the place that nobody but the God of heaven could make a way where there seemed to be no way. But the God of heaven, only one that can make a way. I'm glad to be serving the King of Kings that opens doors and closes doors that no man, no other man, no other man, no other man, no other man can open our code. I'm glad to be serving the captains of captains, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. Watch this. Brother Ford mentioned this. It's that east wind blew. Made a way. The enemy was deceived to believe. Could they have reason among themselves? And maybe I'm to add a little in here. But what persuaded them that, that made them to think that we can cross over? Who gave us this right? It wasn't their God. Their God had done failed them time after time. Whenever he brought Israel out of Egypt. Huh. But I want to tell you something. 
when God brought us, amen, to this church and we took his lovely name on in baptism in that watery grave, it didn't only wash away, but I'm telling you, it closed up the avenue and the gateway of the enemy to come haunting us back and destroy and take us out of the victory that Jesus Christ has brought us. I'm glad, amen, he closed that accent. He closed that door. Today, you got to see your enemy like rocks, amen, going to the bottom of this sea. We need some old-fashioned moves. Even this place, son, such on the power and the influence and presence of God, a glow on our face and our countenance. Amen. A walk. Amen. A sure walk. A sure step. And such a liberty and the power of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we need it. Hallelujah. We need God to let God be God. But who will let but who will let God be God. Amen. I've been praying something. God, help me. I wouldn't be a thief, God. You help me not to be a thief. Help me, God, not to do anything in my worship or in my service, especially in services, in my preaching or anything else, that I'd be a thief, that I'd try to take credit that belongs to you and to you alone. Hallelujah. I'm nothing but a frail man. I'm nothing but dust. And without your mercy and grace, I don't have a chance. Hallelujah. I don't have a chance. But, oh, God, if I'll just keep the right attitude and the right spirit, and walking with you and serving you and staying humble and meek and understand where the glory and the praise belongs to because you're not going to share your glory with nobody expressed with carnality and with flesh but I'm telling you time after time especially in America man has done his best to rob and steal from God amen the glory and the power of God they come up with schemes and measures and ways but I'm telling you their day's coming but if that be true that be true for them. What about the genuine? What about the sincere? What about them that in the recesses of the heart and the minds and spirit? God, it's really about you. I want to I volunteer in this army that God's going to raise up. I don't have to have recognition. I don't have to have trumpets blowing. I don't have to hold a certain position. But God somewhere put me in this kingdom. Somewhere get me in this battle. <laughs> and I'm telling you the only way that we can be committed. We can't be intertwined and intertangled in the affairs of this old world. But by God's mercy and grace. And hey, I don't know where all that's lying drawn for everybody. I really don't. I just know this much. When we send our men and ladies into battle, regardless if it's Iraq, wherever, they don't have free time to call back home. What's the neighbor doing? What's so-and-so's doing? In fact, if the battle's fierce enough, they don't even get to make contact to their own wives or husbands or ever how the case might be. They don't have that privilege to be distracted of what's going back on, taken on in the American soil. 
I'm telling you, if we're going to get in the real battle and in the real grounds of where the real warfare is going up, you know where it's at? It's between here and heaven. Hallelujah. Where the warfare is going on. Where Daniel, his prayer took place and the warfare took on. That hasn't changed any longer. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, we got one that's sitting on the circle of this earth. Hallelujah. That's interceding even right now that he can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. When we feel like, amen, when we're so overwhelmed with our infirmities of who we are and where we're at. But he can be touched because, you know, I, I got faith in him. I got confidence in him. It's not by my own power and might, but it's by your spirit, God. Hallelujah. We're not only going to lay the foundations of this revival, we're going to have this revival. It's your compassion and mercy and grace. Hallelujah. As you inspire us, as you, you overwhelm us and drive us and help us, God, to accomplish it. I want to be that volunteer even this morning. I worried about protocol. Worried about everybody else's opinions and ideas. Anybody stayed up the last few nights because Biden got to be president? Surely not. I'm not just trying to play it off. I, I don't think our lesson covers this a little bit. You can't overcome discouragement by just trying to cover it up with other stuff. You got to face it sometimes. And here's what you got to face. It's what's causing it. I don't want to go to a doctor and I got a little symptom, amen, and a sign, amen, that I got cancer. And all he wants to do is give me an aspirin and a band-aid and say, tell him it's going to be all right. Come back and see me in six months. And six months is three months too late. No, God, you help me. Put I salve on my eyes. Open my ears. I can hear the true word of God. And the voice of God. Because discouragement can bind you. Hallelujah. And it leads to other things. Come on, our lesson's full of it. And we're living in a society and a generation that's full of discouragement on both sides of the fence. And guess what? To the end of this administration, they're going to still be discouraged. Because I'm telling you, none of them can supply the need that we need. Only Jesus Christ and relationship with God Almighty. Nothing else is going to take the place. All the money in the world won't do it. Got to say something this morning. Probably some of us has had our own little dreams or visions and ideas and but when we got there when we finally attained it we were so disappointed it just really wasn't what we thought it was going to be it just didn't bring the satisfaction or the comfort we thought it would that's the reason this church and I say this church the church period this is the place they got to come. And when they get here, <laughs> they begin to receive instructions and guidance and feel a hope and assurance and confidence. And they feel something, you know what? This is what I'm looking for. This is what I've been needing. This is my lifter. He's the lifter of my soul. He's the peacemaker in my mind and my spirit. Hallelujah. My confidence is not going to waver. The writer told us don't lose confidence. Hallelujah. On the journey. You're going to be tested. It's going to be tried. But don't lose your confidence. God's going to see us through. God's going to help us. Amen. How about it this morning? God help me become a volunteer. I want to be a volunteer. I don't be hesitant.
know what makes some of our greatest soldiers? They love the fight. They love it. It will power some. You know why the highway patrolmen such a, a severe schooling they go through? And when they come out of there, and they driving them automobiles and they walk up to you, buddy. Hey, how many of you ever seen a highway patrolman walk up to your car? Sir, yeah, good night. So that thing walking up there like God Almighty. <laughs> Let me see your license. Insurance. You know why I pulled you over? <laughs> he's not going to let you. You can be slam full. Amen. Of whoever and whatever. But he's not going to let them. Amen. Intimidate him. Come on, church. Let's don't let our iron intimidate us. Let's don't let our iron intimidate us. If you believe what that Bible says, amen. It's our time. It's our generation to make the stand for Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. Walk in this marvelous light and truth. To volunteer for this, that means you've got to start volunteering some time you hadn't been volunteering. They don't have no time. Sometimes they don't even have time to sleep. Do a study even on your highway patrolman. They make them sometimes go so far without sleep. Come running in there. Why? They're training them. They're getting them ready because that could be the, the event they have to face one day. They may have to go two and three days without any sleep, fighting to keep law in order. Well, we're trying to keep law in order. Not, on, not just in America, that's part of it. But I'll tell you something, we're more powerful than they are. Okay? Some of them's already afraid that uh, Miss Harris, amen, by June's going to be doing her thing. But you know what? I know a God. I know a God that can limit everything they desire to do. I know a God, amen, that can move in a measure and move in a way. Hallelujah. That's above all their councils. That's above all their government. That's above all, I believe, all government powers and authorities and principalities are what? Under his feet. Every angel, hallelujah, including the demonic forces and the powers thereof. He can use them for his purpose or he can shut them down. That's the Bible. I know most people don't believe that no more. I believe God some far off. He's not observing. He's not watching. He's, he's, he's not answering. Where you at, God? That's in a lesson. It's in a lesson. But also in that lesson, that third chapter, he said, you've been a robber. You've been a thief. Watch this. They had become so blind, they couldn't even, where have we run from you? How in the world have we stole from you? What you been offering on the altars? Sickly lambs. Blind and halt lambs. But the, the, the writer of Moses made it clear to them what should have been. But not only there. 
He said, you brought me in tithes and offerings. <laughs> you brought me. And whenever you rob me, you tie my hands. That when the adversary wants to come in, I can't stop him. I'm preaching to you. I'm walking in the Holy Ghost this morning. <laughs> you tied the Almighty God's hands. Whenever you rob and steal from him and not faithful to keep his covenant and keep his promises, neither is he a man to keep it with you. Whenever we come up short, we don't do nothing to shove God in a corner somewhere that he can't keep his. You know why? There's a hesitation of heaven and miracles and wonders and signs in our churches because we've been robbing and stealing from God. God just can't bless. That's the reason the adversary was able to come in and take say this again someone won't like it but it was not the will of God for my brother not to come back down more road nothing on this earth ever changed my mind to call it about that but there's some others amen that intertwined that stopped the heartbeat of God and the touch of God you can see, put that wherever you want to but I'm telling you I'm telling you I believe in God. I believe in God for stirring in Bendale, Mississippi, like we ain't never seen. A move. And if he moves me out, that's fine. I told a gentleman of this church, you know, he questioned me about the field and the building. I said, Yeah, I may not never get to see it. I may not be the man, but I just know it's God's will. And when the time comes, God's gonna raise up the man and he's gonna put it all in order. Because it's his business, because it's not about me. It's really all about him. Amen. To, to have a place to raise our children. You better listen to what some of the some of the things he's already signed into action. In the public schools. Of course, we don't we don't fool with the organ, organized sports anyway, but but now he's signed it into action already. Let the boys and girls. Same locker rooms. Not allow the public schools to address the difference of the gender. He's putting all that back in motion that Obama had done set up. He's going to put it all back in motion. I'm telling you folks, it's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual warfare. <laughs> I want to sign on. How about you this morning? I want to sign on. God, you help me to be faithful. In 2021, like I've never been in a long time. You help me to take to heart the covenant, the principles, the commandments. And watch this. And I'm, I'm going to let you beat this. I'm going to let the class go back. We're going we're gonna to talk about the lesson, son. But hear me this morning. It's a principle. There's some principle. He made it real clear to them. They questioned. They even questioned his love. This is where the spirit of discouragement can lead us. And after the year we just came through, we can't deny the fact that the spirit of discouragement has bombarded us. But where is it going to lead us now? What's going to be the outcome of it? It's up to you and I that we're not about to let that spirit dominate us and control us and rob us and cause us to shipwreck. Huh. By the help of God and by the help of the Holy Ghost. 
God, you help us in Bendale, Mississippi. You have every preacher that walks in this pulpit to lead us to green pastures and to still waters. You help us with every song that's sung, amen, to be the heart of God and the heart of the master. Every Sunday school teacher would be anointed and touched and understand the importance of imparting the true word of God into our baby's hearts and minds and spirit. You only got about an hour compared, amen, to five days and six and seven hours to the public. And I'm not downing it. Don't get me wrong. I got a lot of teachers in here. That's what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, we got to make it good. We got to make it good to the best of our ability, amen, to walk in the Holy Ghost and to walk in the love of God and see the power. I believe God's going to raise up an army. Huh. If you believe the enemy is getting his stuff and his ducks in a row, don't kid yourself. God's moving on the church and moving on anybody that's sensitive, anybody that's hungry, anybody that's reaching. And they don't even have to be apostolic church yet. Yet. Now they got to come out of there. Huh. Or all of them be transformed one in doctrines and belief. Because it's the word of God. It's the doctrines that's going to sustain and hold us. And the rest of them's going. Because they don't have the substance to hold them. It's truth. Truth. Truth of the heart. Truth of the mind. Truth of the spirit. Truth of the attitude of how much we really love him. If you read your lesson, had to respond to him. Wouldn't Esau, Jacob's brother? You know what God was telling me? I could have picked Esau just as well as I could have picked Jacob. Now, I think there's a whole lot more to that. I believe as you slip over to the New Testament, the carnal man had to be born first, but he shouldn't be the one that rules and reigns. There's a birthing of a spiritual man. And the transforming of the carnal man, such as Jacob, that was a deceiver, a supplanter. And after 20 years, but watch, watch what Jacob said on his departure. The first night, putting his head on the stone and waking up the next, at the vision of the angels ascending and descending, multitudes of them. And he wakes up and makes that pillar and makes a prayer and calls on God. Surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. God hadn't forsaken America. He's here. He's here to bless and give revival right in the midst where so many, so many is going to miss it, but not some. Not some. Surely the Lord was in this place. I want to know it. I want to know his voice. I want to know his heart. And whatever he's called on me, God, I want to make the sacrifice without murmuring and complaining. I don't have some attitude, poor little old me. War against evil and wickedness. God, make us the soldiers of our day. Help us. You wouldn't be here this morning, first of all, if you don't want to be saved, but second of all, that you want to be a vessel of God in this end time. Love you this morning. God bless you. You may be seated. Classes can be dismissed. We're going we're gonna to dig into our lesson here a little while this morning. We love you this morning. We really do. Uh, let's don't let the hour, let's don't let the time overwhelm us. Hallelujah. But let's let this be a time and moment. I preached to you a few Wednesday nights ago, amen, about the window of opportunity. Brother Barry had mentioned to me he was going to bring a bill about one of the war, the Civil War, uh, the window of opportunity, amen, that made the difference in that particular war. 
And I, I didn't even address that particular part in, in that lesson that night. Uh, time had run out. But uh, the window of opportunity. What an opportunity for the church to shine like never before. As individuals, but yet collectively as a church. None of us is an island. None of us is by ourselves and isolated and make it on our own. Hallelujah. But as we come together, unite together, join together as God helps us. Now you watch this. Uh, I heard some make the statement even about Mr. the President Biden, about what he said, that he's not going to put up with none of his, his administration downing the other, running them down, belittling or anything. You know what? He's using the same method that Jesus Christ Kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, working together, uniting together, having some tolerance. Hey, I'm telling you, it's in the New Testament, folks. Letters by Paul and them written unto us. Amen. The willingness to work together, the passion to work together, to accomplish and achieve what God would have us to. Hey. See, the devil don't have anything on his own. He's a liar and full of it. So the only way he's going to accomplish anything, amen, is, is to, to use the same methods and means that God has ordained and set up. But they're deceiving and they're lying. Hmm? How do you think he worked in Bethel? Building a tower, a city, a plain. It was rebellion. But even rebellion, when it's united, can achieve and accomplish that. What can be held from them? Kept from them. Those that unite together. Let's unite together. As the body of Christ to honor, glorify, and serve the head called Jesus Christ in this world that we're living in today. Good lesson, good lesson. Uh, Malachi, the last prophet of the Old Testament. And uh, as he's addressing and talking, amen, unto, again, it's the remnant, it's the number that had, had came out of Babylon and uh, out of the several years now. Of coming out of that bondmanship in 70 years that God had sent them there. Knew they was going to be there. Again, we're going to watch the mighty hand of God. Uh, as, as Jeremiah told them to be willing to go. Number two, to go over there and for 70 years to build houses, plant gardens, make the best of it. Make the best of it. Ain't no sense grumbling, griping, ain't no sense in, you know, believing it. In 40 years, you're going to get out and become disappointed. And in 60 years, no, you're going to be there 70 years. But when that 70 years up, rejoice, look up, you're coming out. And I believe it was some of them with that attitude and spirit and had been taught the right doctrine, had not been deceived, had not bowed their knees to other gods, had not allowed the Babylonians to cause them to lose their identity of the Jehovah God, did not allow them, even though they tried to change their what they had eat, what they, how they dressed, their names, they would not allow the true identity of their hearts because they had purpose in their hearts that we're going to represent, amen, this true Jehovah God even in Babylon. And we're not going to buy to any others and we believe that in Babylon, that God can bless us and help us even in your administration that you'll have to confess that you'll have to realize and recognize that there is a God that there is a power that's within us and, and our favor upon us amen in this moment in time I believe that today amen the church amen can demonstrate a power and authority of love hallelujah amen and under all that's going on and all the things that's happening hallelujah we can still be the church we can still have revival we can see people born again we can see people delivered and I know the drugs and alcohol 
alcohol and iniquity has got its hold on some. But I'm telling you, the gospel still can bring them out of that bond. Just bring them out of the miry clay and bring them, pull them out of the ditches of sin and get them on a straight way just like it did for you and I. And not only that, church, you and I, we need to be stirred up and shaken and make sure, you know what, I'm going to keep myself out of those ditches. I'm not looking for a place to turn around. I'm not looking for a place to pull off on the side of the road. I'm not looking for a place to quit. I'm not looking for a hole in the fence. Huh. Oh, God, you help me get right in, the, right in the center of this thing. Amen. It's a one way. Praise God. Some wants to get far over here and some wants to get far over here. And God's got bumpers on both sides. But this is a one way. It's not a two way. That's a two way out there. This is a one way. Only one way to heaven. I want to get in that one way. How about you? I don't want to be in the way. I want to get in the way and do what I can to help others. A writer taught us. He said, amen, that so even the halt, the lame, the blind, to, 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 to do what we can, that they, could, that they could overcome. The warning, amen, even in the New Testament of how we treat strangers. The warning, amen, that there could possibly be angels. The warning of how that we treat the widows and, and the fatherless, the orphans, hallelujah. That's all through the Old Testament, too. And, and how we respond to these circumstances and situations, the weak, how we respond, how, you know, uh, you know, how are we going to handle these things? God's help, God's touch, and see, it helps us even here today. Praise God. Uh, if you want to, you can go back. And uh, God is always faithful. God is always faithful. He's always going to be faithful. He's going to keep his commandments. He's going to keep his promise. He's going to owe no man. The Bible said he's going to owe no man. He's not going to owe us. Uh, let these things anchor into your heart, your mind, and spirit. Because this, 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 the spirit that they dealt with, the, the time they dealt with. And we understand if you read your lesson, it, it was some 60, 80 years of the, the temple being, had to be rebuilt. 20 years of just the, the, the foundation laid there. And then after the temple was built, uh, the tabernacle, I'm sorry, was built, uh, a man still 60, 80 years. And they had revival. They'd celebrate Josiah like since the time of Josiah. The celebration, the Passover, from far as we could tell, was probably the only one, maybe the only one. The, the celebration they kept was a Passover itself. And it, it had its time. It fulfilled its season, but for whatever reason, they became uh, uh, despondent and they became, amen, discouraged, and 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 they couldn't seem to to get, to get a hold of some things and and see the results that they wanted to see. And there's nothing more, uh, you know, no, uh, the discouraging than to go out and work. Or, you know, especially if you go to work one day and you give it everything you got, and and, and by the time dinner time, you're not having accomplished all lot. Seemed like everything's went backwards, and by the time you leave work, you know, you look back and said, man, we had accomplished nothing everything we've done is went backwards every direction we've tried to turn that's very discouraging ain't it so it's the same way in the church it's the same way with pastors it's the same way with saints of God with families hallelujah when you're doing what you can you're praying you believe in God you're trusting God you're relying upon the Lord but if you don't see the results it becomes discouraging unto us now the writer addresses this and I don't mean to be this way God knows I don't and I don't claim to be smart and I don't claim to be a, a, anything. I don't claim to be anything. But I don't quietly agree what the lesson said in this particular area. And I'm just going to tell y'all. I mean, when I don't agree with something, I'm just going to tell him. Okay? So if you go back, if you watch this, this is under the very days of Malachi after the rebuilding. And then it drops down and it talks about the spiritual malaise. It talks about this particular time. Amen. And watch this. What is, what is our church? What is our generation? Of the seven churches that we're warned to, to be um, subject to or prone to. Or to make sure that we keep ourselves to not allow to happen. Is to what? The Laodicean church. 
church that's not neither hot or cold, but lukewarm, complacent, satisfied. Don't stir me up. No, I'm not going to go out and do this, these bleeding sinful things. It's obvious. And, and but a lukewarm church. See, God, Jesus Christ himself said. Why? Why? He said, I, I would rather you be cold or be hot than to be lukewarm. It's hard to get lukewarm people stirred. It's hard to get lukewarm people moving. They're content. They're satisfied. They're complacent. They're all right. They feel like, hey, we're saved. We're good. We, we, you don't need to get all upset. So get so stirred up. But it's, it's not true with the two opposites. You can stir up that much cold, buddy. How I many of you enjoyed the, that first hot shower after the storm? <laughs> Amen. I had a guy come in the hardware store this week, and we, he was, we was talking about different things like that. And Anyway, and I said, I'll tell you one thing. You don't use near the water. Amen with them cold showers. It don't take near as long. Hallelujah. Praise God. You won't just sit in there and just, oh, no. It'll take your breath, won't it? I'm telling you, praise God. So you can be, you know, same way if it's too hot, if it's steaming, burning, scalding, hot. Amen. You'll just kind of dip through. A little bit of time. Say, Okay. And so you won't be complacent. You won't be satisfied. And God help us. God help us. And so what, I, what I'm going to talk about, they talked about, and I, I don't even know her. Joyce, Bowen, she, she may be, one of, I don't know, okay. But the writer says that she, she gives the, the, the idea, the uneventful waiting period. And here's the reason she gave it. It's because Ezekiel 43 and 4. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet in Babylon, in the time of Babylon. He was with them, and he prophesied, and prophesied what was going to happen, what was going to take place. Now, now please hear what I'm, I'm saying here. The part that she, that part's right, but here's the problem with it. Here's where, here's where we're at, especially with false prophets, false teachers, false doctrines. They'll preach and say things that God's not saying. Brother Ford mentioned it this morning. If you, you listen, God's doing a whole lot of talking. But he's talking out of four or five different sides of his mouth. God's not confused. And God is not the author of confusion. Okay? But if you go back and read Ezekiel, if you read it closely, he's talking about the revival. It's coming in the east and the glory. He showed him that out of the east and showed him that coming. It was not coming in their time. They had been misinformed to even believe that it was going to happen then. And that it was going to transpire then. Why is that so important? Now watch this. Watch the coming of the Lord. You know, the different settings and times of what people believe of when it's going to happen. Most want to hope and believe and, and believe that, you know, the coming of the Lord is going to come before any the trials or tribulations and things, the, the rapture, the coming of the Lord. Then some may believe in the mid, you know, and then the post after all of, the, all of it, when all it takes place. You know, I, I've never put a whole lot of emphasis on all of that. No, there's nothing wrong. Now, watch this. How do we handle hurricanes? We listen to the word of the folks. We take their word. We trust them. 
and we, 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 we board up and we store up and we lay up and prepare for what? The worst. And we hope for the best. So the best way to handle the coming of the Lord, if you listen to Jesus, if you listen to Peter, if you listen to Paul, you live every day as though he's going to come that day. You plan like you're going to live forever. But you live like you're going to die in the next 60 seconds. And if you and I are just walking the Spirit, it doesn't matter when He comes. Watch what Jesus taught us in the parable about the servant. When he became weary and discouraged when his master didn't show up in the time he thought he should have. He began to occupy himself and give himself unto the things of the world. He began to drink. He began to get involved. Even beat his own servants and take on these type of spirits. And as some I've heard him tell me even in the last month or two. We just want to have a little fun. Their fun is, you know, indulging in things that's ungodly and unwholesome. At the expense of others. More ways than one. Okay. And so. Watch this. So. When you lose your. Enthusiasm. To be at church. For whatever reason. And it, it's. We're all going to be tested. We all have been tested. And, and probably. None of us has been through such the test as we have in the last year. And the effect of, of being not able to come to church. Who'd ever dreamed the year before that we'd had church in the parking lot? Who'd ever dreamed that we'd had to shut down church for, for three weeks? I mean, even the weather has to be at the extreme before we, we, we you know, we got to have hurricanes or tornadoes or snow on the ground. or I mean, to the extreme for the south uh, for us to counsel services. We don't counsel it because there's a thunderhead. We don't counsel it. Uh, no, no. But, but here we found ourselves in a place, in a, a, amen, and it causes us to be discouraged. It causes us not to be able to sendle and encourage one another, uplift one another. And things of this nature, amen. And so it seems to can affect us. But you and I have the promise, number one, hallelujah, even in our prayer closets and in our isolation and with technology. And, and please, you know, this is one area you can use technology to your benefit. And thank God we did or some did. And we are now even. And I know there's some activities happen on that that's, that's disheartening. But, 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 you know, it still, it helps. And it's, it's not the same. I hope and pray that none of us ever get to the place that, that you know, we forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We never use these, these technology and internet and things that it will take the place of, of the assembling of ourselves together. There's something about making the commitment and making the sacrifice and being there on a certain time. And, and, and I'm not being ugly, but I, I've taught a lot of the young guys that's come through the hardware store. I said, it'd do you good to go to Ingalls for a little while. That you got to be there at a certain time or you get docked. And if you're, you're late, over two or three times, you're fired. It's a principle. It's a principle. It's a principle that can get a hold of our minds, our hearts, and spirit. That to understand the importance of time and being on time and doing things of that nature. It just it gets in you. That you just can't leave whenever you just take a notion to leave. <laughs> now you can believe what you want to, but that spirit has captivated America. And it's affecting the church. And so people sometimes even, and there's sometimes, please, I'm going to cover some bases here. Sometimes there's a godly reason to leave an assembly, okay? 
There is. And whenever that happens, you know, if, if I preach and start teaching doctrines that's contrary to that book and is I'm not following Christ, you have a right not to follow me. You have a right to, to, to go to another assembly or pray that God would move me. That's what I'd do. If I was you, I would, I would say, I'm not going nowhere. God's going to move that cat. I'm not going to put my hands on him. I'm not even going to run him down. But I'm going to pray, God, he's your man. He's there, but you can move him. And God can move me. That quick. God can move me. That's the principle that David taught us. Even when he had opportunities to put his hands on him. And took his life. And some persuading him that, that, that hey, God done this. David, what's the matter with you? God's put him in your life. Man, come on. Thank God David had an insight. That's the reason he listened to Abigail when she came. Kept him from taking on actions again against an enemy. The next chapter. And so we, we got to be careful. We got to be, you know, it's kind of like the signs that you see some caution. Radiation, things of this nature. Those signs are put up for a reason. You know, you got to become alert. You got to become vigilant. More so than in the past. And so that's what's happening today. We've got to become more sober and vigilant. And of what the surroundings and the spiritual world that's going on around us. Because we're going to be tested. We're going to be tried. And, and he's looking for moments and opportunities to rob and kill and to destroy us. And so I personally believe this is one of those moments in Israel's time. As they become not seeing what they would like to have seen. And now they become distracted. And, and what one thing leads to another. And what transpires and what happens or what takes place there. And so as you watch this. What happens when the church lacks enthusiasm and passion for the work of God? You know, how do you know this? Well, what's on my mind? What's, what's some of the first thoughts when I wake up in the morning time? What's some of the last thoughts as I lay my head in the pillar at night? What's passion? What, see, when you have a passion for something, amen, it's, it's, it's there often. It may not rule all the time. But it's, it's, it shows up periodically all throughout the day, every day. Alcoholics. <laughs> he may be fitting a tea, but he's thinking about at 3.30 when that horn blows. <laughs> 2.30 now, I think. <laughs> he can already see himself on the bar stool. The churchgoer. Kingdom-minded, sees himself in the prayer room, praying down the glory of God and the heartbeat of the Lord. God, help me not become discouraged because just because I'm not seeing the results I'd like to see at the present time. I know there's some promises in the book. I know there's some things there that I gotta hold on to. You see, we all know that Jesus Christ, there's a second coming. And that we're going to meet him in the clouds, in the moment, twinkling of an eye. And sometimes that has to become the, the heartbeat. The, the, help, the, the helmet. Go back to that armor now. We're soldiers. Put on the helmet of what? The hope of salvation. Hey, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to be delivered. And, and I'm going to do my best, amen, by the help of God to leave a path for my children, my family, my community, God. Huh. They, they desire to be saved. They desire 
to be victorious that they can. Even though all the things that's bombarding and come against us. <laughs> Praise God. How do seasons like this affect the advancement of the kingdom of God? And what can we do to counteract this during these times? In other words, to oppose a man. To, to keep it from uh, uh, overwhelming and overcoming us. Counteract. It's kind of like the boxer in the ring, you know. It's kind of like to the army itself, the, the battle. Amen. If, if you read any of that and, and you'll understand, you know, the greatest position against your enemy, even in the military, in the, in the army, you know what the greatest position is? And I learned this, amen, from, from reading the book. And it wasn't an easy book to read, but I read it. Amen. The Lonesome Survivor. These four men, do you know why they lost so drastically? It's because the enemy had the upper hand and above them at the very beginning. And the enemy was so vast, they could never maneuver around them. They constantly had to fall. And when I say fall, they literally fell down that mountain range in battle against them. They all knew the only chance we got, we got to try to get above them. But they never got the opportunity because of the opposition and the number of the opposition. And that's one of the tricks of the enemy. He, he always tries to persuade you. You'll never get on top of this. You'll never defeat this. You'll never overcome that. But I know a God that's sitting on the circle of the earth. That all the principalities and all the powers are under his feet. He's conquered every single one of them. And that's the reason he left us with the message. Hallelujah. To cheer up in this world. Because I've overcome the world. You can overcome the world. Not by my talents. Not by my skill. Not by any of my own resources. But by faith and confidence in who he is. And what he'll do to come to my rescue. And even when I sit in a dark place. He knows where I'm at. And he knows how to get me out of here. But if you listen to the voices of the world. If you listen to the voices. They've always got their ideas. And remedies and methods and ways. God help us. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the way. Brother Ford mentioned the name this morning. Probably one of the reasons is because this is one of the areas. If you go back and read these four chapters, they despise the name of the Lord, the priest. The Levites, the spiritual leaders that was leading them, that was the majority. Remember something, always remember something. Truth is not the majority. Even the great multitudes that followed Jesus Christ still was not the majority. Watch this. The majority is not going to heaven. Broad leads to destruction. But if you listen to the Christian world out there, everybody's going to heaven. Same old spirits, same old lying prophets, same old out of blinded eyes. What comes, it's hard to tell truth when you're blinded here. When you're blind, it's hard to describe. What do you look, what's this look like? What's that look like? Well, you got your own imagination by words. You may have your own imagination by feel, uh, but, but you feel 
You feel like, amen. But your voice is not just right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God. We get, he's got a voice, a voice of truth. And sometimes it may just be that still, gentle voice. Hallelujah. That you've got to listen to. And you've got to reach out and get a hold of it. And you've got to hold on to it. And you know what? This right here is the most powerful and truthful thing that you and I have ever handled. And ever had possession of. And that's the reason it's important to read it and to study it. And let it be written on the tables of our heart and our minds and our spirit. Because it will sustain us and hold us when it seems like the whole world is sinking sand. When it seems like all the world is bombarding and coming on top of us. But it's the word of God that's going to be a lamp. It's the word of God that's going to be a light. It's the word of God, amen, that I'm going to find my, my help and my strength and my hope, amen, when everything else is sinking sand. It's going to be this book. The power of it. The writer of the lesson begins to talk about, he says, this sense of disappointment slowly poisons the people's passion for serving God. The signs were everywhere. They slowly began to buckle up the pressure, buckle under the pressure of conformity, signaled by their inner marriage with foreign women. In Ezra 9 and in Nehemiah 13. 23 and 25. I take it the writer's sitting here, and I'll have to do some greater digging and just. But I take it that this intermarriage was, it took place, we know it did, in Babylon. Okay? But if you read that close enough, there's a possibility it also began to take place after. And after they was back in. You see, it's one thing to do things when you're in the world. But when you come to the church and you become sanctified, amen, it becomes a different ball game. It becomes a different. Paul's writings made it clear to us. <laughs> to what? Touch not the unclean. But he keeps going on. He talks about, you know, what fellowship has darkness with the light? What fellowship the sons of God with the sons of Belial? What fellowship with, un, with believers with unbelievers? And this is where we, we preach and practice the doctrine of marriage. Amen. In marriage, marrying unbelievers. Now, I'll just, I'll just go on from that. But you can see... This is some evidence of what was happening and what was beginning to make inroads and what was beginning to take place in their minds and their hearts and their spirit. You're going to notice that they were lax in their observance of sacrificial, their protocol, the offerings unto God. Amen. When you go back to Malachi 1, 7 and 8, uh, you're going to see what they had offered. It didn't matter. We'll just give you our, our last. Hey, I, I, I believe this. I know some have taught that some of your breath, the best prayer time is early in the morning. <clears throat> it's your first time or the first moments. Maybe you're up or whatever. <clears throat> uh, but let me say this. Listen, let me say this as a pastor here today. Amen. Uh, uh, but whatever is your best time to focus and connect and plug in is actually the best time. If you need a few minutes to get up and drink a cup of coffee and do around, 
And, and I'm not talking about using an excuse. And the first thing is, you know, you got to go to work. you got to do this. you got to do that. And the day's done. And at the end of the day, in the last five minutes, that's what we're talking about. But if you can pattern yourself and set a schedule that you can do a lot better job in connecting God and get results from God and for yourself and for your request. If you could do it at 12 noon, then you know what? That's what I'd give him. I'd give him my best. Whatever time that is. For some, it may be 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. For whatever reason. They don't have distractions. They don't have children or other, other things to distract them. So they can focus and uh, give God to so my advice to anybody, amen, is what you can give him your best. This is a practice. It's a principle. Amen. Because remember something. God was going to give his best. The lamb called Jesus Christ. That was going to be without blemish and spot and wrinkle. Okay. To pay a price. And so here, the sacrifices. This was a pattern. It was given to Moses by God. And they were instructed back in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy. That this is, this is what to do. You're going to have to offer a lamb, a male, a man without blemish, without spot. You can't be hot. A man can't be blinded. You're going to have to give the best. Amen. Amen. So you may have only one spotless lamb. Amen. But you know what? That's the thing to do. You offer it because you know what? God's the giver. And so when you give, guess what? God gives back. Praise God. Also, you'll see uh, the offense that the people made by whenever they actually questioned God's love. And uh, you look back at that at Malachi 1 and 2, an accusing of God of actually favoring the wicked. When you look back at Malachi 2 and 17, it was almost like they were uh, making the statement. If you remember what David said, and I went out in the world and it looked like the ungodly. Man, they was being blessed. They was prospering. Everything they was putting their hand at. and things. He said, my feet almost slipped until what? I got back to the house of God. That's the reason it's so important to come to the house of God. That's the reason it's so important to come together and join together. So we can get our minds back. To get it out of the fog. To get it out of that place and, and down that avenue. That, uh, that the, the luring powers of the enemy and the, and the circumstances. The seasons of our lives. Hallelujah. So we got to get back into the house of God. To get back on that straight. Get back into that focus. Back into that, that place of, of being enthusiastic about living for God. And having a passion about a move of God. And a move of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, and seeing people born again, seeing lives touch, hallelujah, knowing that, you know what, we can make a difference, by the help of God, by the help of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, not only with this, hallelujah, it's helped them, it'll help us, huh. amen, it'll help us to, to overcome and to be victorious, and he goes from that, and he talks about the danger of discouragement, the sobering warnings about the corrosion nature of discouragement, the people's disappointment with the outcomes of the best efforts slowly turn into accusations against God. In essence, they said, God does not love us, and God does not listen to our prayers. And, and so you see their disappointment also led them to make what excuses for their own unrighteous behaviors. Hallelujah. That, you know... God doesn't really care. He, he doesn't. 
can I say this? I, I know some denominations, they have drifted so far from the miraculous and the supernatural. And God, you know, they don't, they don't come to church expecting really miracles. Hallelujah. They go through the protocol a little bit and things of that nature. But they don't really come expecting to see the miraculous and, and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We come expecting, hallelujah, for the Holy Ghost to move. We come expecting to feel those chill bumps. We come expecting, hallelujah, to dance in His presence and speak in tongues and have a move of God. Because we understand without the moving of the Holy Ghost and the presence of God falling upon this place in our services we just have a dread die service <laughs> we understand that but places where it's never taught never preached they don't even believe in the Holy Ghost what else can you expect they just go through the protocol they said we can hand you a paper when you walk in tell you exactly what's going to happen because they're in control good management good control good I, I don't need <laughs> Praise God. Perhaps the most frightening realization in Malachi is that the people of Israel were backslidden and did not even know it. I know one of the prophets called Israel a backsliding helper. You're constantly backsliding. You're constantly. You and I have to guard that. You and I have to war against that. Even from services to service. We have to, we have to watch. Amen. Uh, they were being deliberately disobedient to God's express commands. I'm reading a lot of this just straight out of your own lesson here. Especially about the sacrifices of tithing. And, and we've mentioned that and talked about that. I mean, you can go to Leviticus and it, it helps you re-entwine that to us. And, and, and here again, uh, he goes to uh, Swindoll. And uh, here he's, he's talking about a book that he had written. And in that book, he makes this statement. And, and I, I wanted to bring it to our attention just in case you didn't read the lesson. You can't ignore discouragement. It is like ignoring a flat tire. Pray all you want. Drive all you want to. You never will get air back into the time. Back into it. You've got to fix it. But that's not all. Here's the thing. You can pump air into it. But until you fix the hole. But that's what, what's this. Most experiences I've had with tires. If it leaked down. And all you do is put air in it. If you don't hurry up and fix the hole, it ain't going to be long, especially if you continue to drive on it. You can't even fix the tire. You'll cut it to shreds, to pieces. Okay. So with this in our minds and our thinking now, that means that, you know what? Sooner that we can fix it. Now everybody's... Anybody ever had a flat? <laughs> We're prone. Anybody subject because sometimes there's just items in the road that you know we weren't expecting. We hit it. I, I personally, I try. I, I remember one time back when I was just a teenager, man. If Armadillo got in the road, he better watch out. But not anymore. I don't try to run over armadillos. I don't try to run over nothing <laughs> except snakes. I will run over them. <laughs> I don't figure they're doing much damage to my truck. 
unless you're looking at them and not watching where you're backing and let your trailer jackknife into your truck. <laughs> and that, that has happened. Um, but it was still worth it. I got the snake. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? As we watch some of this, as, as we see it happening, take place. People do not stay discouraged forever. They either find new ways to be encouraged or discouragement gives way to disappointment, which gives way to depression, which may finally become bitter despair. That's the same way with things that we may be battling certain things in our lives, not necessarily spiritually, but even physical things. That's the reason, can I say this to us as we, as we get older? They call it golden years, but uh, the older we get, we're not sure, sure about how golden that is. All the new pains and different things that goes on with it, uh, we're not so sure, uh, you know. That and of course, I know what the idea of it is, and, and I had to tell somebody just this week. Uh, well, the golden part is it that you've got to experience it. You've got to arrive there, because many never made it. And if you have attained it with some quality of life and some quality of health and ability and energy to still enjoy life and come to church and, 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 and be a vessel of God, what great benefits and privilege it is, hallelujah, to attain that and to reach that place. And so that's, we have to watch ourselves and, and, and be careful about these things and so watch what the writer goes from that rebuking and unfaithful people. Malachi chose methods of encouragement, however, would probably not. He's talking about Wednesday, admiration of the secular therapy saturated society that we're living in. Amen. The times and the, the, the counterbalance, the, the positive, and how to balance all of this out. And, and you've heard me as a pastor. I've talked about balance. I've talked about it for some long time. And the real key, amen, is to keep ourselves balanced in this unbalanced world. And this world is becoming more and more unbalanced to the left and to the right. Now they're looking at possibilities of starting other parties. And they're looking to start this and start that. Trying to solve the problems of the world. But we know there's only one real problem solver. Now the world's going to get theirs. Because the problem is going to keep increasing to the left and to the right. Until all of a sudden one's going to step in called the Antichrist. And he's going to pull both worlds. Now you take that for what you want. It's going to happen. But I'm glad we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ. And we're not going to run to the deserts. We're not going to fly up here and fly down there. To whenever some claim that he's there. And that here he is. Now, when he comes, we'll meet him. We'll meet him. Praise God. Now, this is some promises. And this is what can hold us sometimes. In such trying and difficult hours and moments in our lives. Hours of... Of uh, unsecurity. Hmm. Praise God. This country 50 years ago. Man could have got a job. And pretty well. If, if he could have you know, helped that job. And worked that place for the next 40 years. That's not true any longer. Who knows. Hmm. What may happen before even this year is out. Well there was some building a wall last week. 
By all accounts, they won't have a job next thing. That was a federal job too. Federal funded money. See what I'm telling you? Nothing else, everything is shaken. Man, everything else is questionable. Except God, His Word, His promises. That's the only sure thing. You and I are part of something this morning in this kingdom, in this service, and the truth of God. That's the only thing that's not going to change. God's not going to change. God's Word's not going to change. And the results of God are not going to change. Jesus Christ is going to be King of kings and Lord of lords. And the disciples of Jesus Christ, every one of them is going to be victorious. Every single one of them. All the way back from Abel. All the way to the end of Revelation, the end of time. That became followers and believers of Jesus Christ. From the Old Testament, New Testament. So, and I believe, I really believe this is, this is an area where you and I have to be careful sometimes to expect. Uh, if you're expecting something high, high opinions of somebody and they fail you, what happens? You become what? Have you ever discouraged yourself by failing yourself? Who knows the heart? Wicked, vile, who can know it? Except God. Except God. He'll try us. But thank God he'll see us through. So. There are patterns that we need to avoid. There's certain confronts and sources, amen, of dark, dark emotions that we need to avoid. Uh, I believe you need to find a balance in where we're at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and this is not going to go over well. It's going to make some mad one way. It's going to make some mad the other way. <laughs> some groups, amen, are so caught up in watching or looking or listening to the news, and they all wrapped up in it, caught up in it, and, and the other group, if you're not careful, amen, you'll just isolate yourself, shut it all down and say, I don't. I told you you wouldn't like it. I told you. But somewhere in the middle of this, the church has got to stay balanced. Praying and earnestly seeking the hand of the favor of God. Because we're responsible, amen, for the actions of God's kingdom upon this earth. And the outcome of it. And we're the ones, amen, that has the power and the ability as a church to stop the powers of the enemy, amen, prior to their time. We're the ones, amen, that can make the prayers and intercede and win souls and make a difference even in our own government. Even in the White House. They may not believe that, but I'm saying to God, amen, that rules and reigns in the affairs of all men. That can change the hearts of the judges and the kings. If he can change that judge's heart, he can change the president's heart and senator's heart. And anybody else that's in positions and places. I know there's rulers, amen, hallelujah, and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. But I'm glad Jesus Christ has conquered them all. And with faith and prayer, when two or three agree on the earth is touching what they, we could change the outcome of it. And so we got to find our balance. Okay, just shut your eyes and your ears, bury your head. That's the message of Malachi. <laughs> you can't just shove discouragement under the rug somewhere. You can't just ignore it and it's going to go away. Got to find the source of it and deal with it. With God's help, He can make us victorious over some things. No, all things. Paul left us with this. 
Whenever he was attacked, even sometimes like lions. But he said, you know what? God has delivered me from them all. God has delivered me. I believe he's still going to do the same as individuals and even as a church. Well, that, that's, that's, did you hear me? That includes you as an individual or as a church. When you pray his will. And there's some things it's not his will to deliver us from. Really? Ask Paul. He would not deliver Paul from that, that messenger from Satan to buffet him. He asked him three times. The third time God, Paul said, okay God. But your grace is sufficient. In other words, to sustain me and keep me to endure it and come through and win the battle. Even against this messenger of Satan that's buffeted me day in and day out. That's warring against me and hindering your purpose and your will. And even in my ministry. Praise God. We're victorious. Just because we're not delivered and set free of every little pain and every little whatever sometimes. We can still be victorious. Let me ask you something. You ever amazed at people that's got handicaps, but yet become gifted in some form or fashion, make something of themselves? They don't use that handicap as an excuse or something to back off in a cave or back off in isolation somewhere and say, poor little me. No, we rejoice with them, don't we? We, we? we look up to them. That's the same way with you and I in the spiritual realm. Hey, I'm in the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> same way in the spirit. Just because I'm not as gifted as this one, entitled as that one, doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use me and use me for His glory and magnifying of Him. You're not going to be a pleaser of all the men. You only, you only be a pleaser of yourself a lot of times. But we can please God. You know what it takes to please God? Have faith. Have faith. And the trials and the heartaches and the disappointments and the times and the seasons and the generations that we're part of and in. For we was born for such a time as this. Got faith in you, God. You're going to sustain me. You're going to help me. You're going to see me through this. Huh. And I'm going to be careful what I say. I'm going to be careful what attitude gets a hold of me in. God, you don't love me. God proved his love to us regardless of what we're dealing with, the trials we're going through. God proved his love on the cross. In fact, the Bible said God is love, number one. God loves us with what? An everlasting love. Number two. God, you've forsaken me. You don't never respond to me. I don't never felt. I ain't felt enough. No. The Bible says he'd never forsake us. I'm digging deep this morning. I'm digging right where we at. What we have to deal with. But you know what? That's what we got to do. We got to deal with the world around us that can cause us to be discouraged. And then what discouragement can lead to. If it's not handled right. If it's not addressed right. There's some things that, that, that you and I maybe can just shake off. Some things such as like Paul. That serpent that latched hold of him. He could have very easily, you know, begin to cry out to God and say, God, I just don't understand. What's this all about? No, he just shook it off in the fire. Huh. What's one of the best ways to keep discouragement from ever getting a grip on us is keep them prayer rooms hot. 
Only you can answer how hot your prayer room is. And when you enter into that prayer room and you close that door, I pray the Father's will, not mine. Lord, you help me. Help me take to heart what James said. Don't you let me ask for lust. Don't you ask, let me ask for things just, for, just to, so I'll look good and so I'll. God, you help me pray your will. You help me accept it. You help me walk in it. Let me trust you. Because this is one of the greatest weapons that we can use against discouragement. That in all that's going on, whenever I can't socialize and I can't gather with people, my own loved ones, it's nothing more heart-rendering than what your own loved ones that's put in a hospital somewhere and you can't, you can't go and be with them. And we could give recognition to that or not, but I'm telling you, it's affecting us. It's affecting us. And I'm talking about in general here, okay? Not just this local assembly, but in general. But as the lesson was, in the naming of the lesson, God is faithful. God is faithful. Watch what he says. Bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. Let me, let me help us out there. The storehouse is the house of God. It's the administrating account. Why is that so important? It's brought into the storehouse. Not for the pastor or the, the spiritual leader to hoard it up and use it for his own self and just do what he wants to. I think he should have the right and the liberty that when you bring your tithes, it should be brought. And then brought into the administrating account. Okay, man, me or whatever there. I don't think it's ever the will of God for a board to control the tithing of the church of the, and muzzle the ox. If you can't trust him, amen, no more than that, you better get you somebody else or go somewhere else. Now, that, that won't fly very far, I promise you. Not out even in the apostolics. Here's the deal. When you bring it into the storehouse, it gives that pastor the liberty and the ability. He can take himself out a certain amount, and then the rest of it can be used at every moment and whatever time without having to go through boards and councils and meetings and, and votes and all that. If he gets ready to help somebody with a light bill, he can just help them. It could be a total stranger. It could be a brother and sister in the church or whatever. Storehouse. So that we have meat in the time of need. The time that somebody, I don't have time. <laughs> they fix and cut my lights off in the next two hours. I don't have time to call all the trustees and call everybody else and get permission. I'm just telling you how it works. God knows. God sees. God to help us. God to help us. So bring it to the storehouse. That there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I'll rebuke the devourer of your sake for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine. Cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. All the nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Before this thing's over with, Israel is going to blow.
blow people's mind of what she's going to produce. Just like the promised land. Nations in the time of the millennium is going to go to her. Astounded. Now watch this. If we're a type of Israel, right, that should also be for the church of now. The blessings of God. And not necessarily monetary. More important today, we need the blessings in the spiritual realms and we do the monetary things. Bring the fruits of the nine, nine fruits of the Holy Ghost. Walking in the counsel and the power and the authorization of the Holy Ghost. Walking in this beautiful light. Being the representations and the epistles that God has called us to be. In a very wicked, crooked world. God bless you this morning. You can stand. I know I'm well past my time. Um, love you. Appreciate you. The scripture goes on in that third chapter. And there's a couple of warnings. Amen. When you're recalling the faithful to God. Amen. We see here, amen. We know that the messenger is going to come. We know that John, amen, is going to come. We, we see things that's uh, given to us by Malachi in this time and setting. That's what he's telling them. He's helping them. So you and I, what we're looking for, we always remember what? The rapture, the coming of the church, regardless of when you may think it's going to take place. We use that, amen, as a magnet, as a uh, encourager, God, in our trials and things of that nature. Hallelujah. You know what? The Lord's coming. We're not going to listen to that line, spirit, amen, of questions his coming. We believe he's coming. And he's coming after a church. He's coming after a bride that's made herself ready. How about it? I want to make myself ready. Amen. I want to be what he wants me to be in this end time. I want to volunteer to become the soldier in the work of God and the kingdom of God and the world that we're living in and the community that we're living. Let us be the light. Amen. Let us be the candle. Let us be the vessels of the Holy Ghost like never before. Letting God work for us. Working for us. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Hopefully something was said here today. Something would be uplifting, encouraging to you that will help you with this journey. We're in a journey, folks. We're in the fight of our lives. Let's fight. Let's stand. Let's make sure where we stand, what we stand for, who we stand for, and the purpose or the reason why we're doing it. All of it would be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Love you this morning. God bless you. You may be dismissed. God bless you.